You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Chicago on WNDZ 750M, but today's special program, Catholic Schools Today, Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral in Chicago, and co-host in person, Dr. Jim Rigg, superintendent of Catholic Schools, the Archdiocese. And what makes today special, well, first of all, we are social distancing, nine feet apart. We both have been vaccinated. We are live streaming, and so we don't have to wear our masks. And what makes today special Jim, this is the first time we have been united together in studio since the second Monday of March in 2020. Welcome back. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you. Thanks, Father. Clap for you, too. I've certainly joined the show, but it's been uh, via phone, so it's wonderful to be back in studio again. It's great to see you. And as you said, we are we are both fully vaccinated and sitting nine feet apart, so um Hopefully that's far enough away to meet regulations. What is amazing, when we had that program back in March of 2020, and word had gotten out that this weekend, around March 14th or 15th, the shutdown closed down schools, parishes, businesses, everything, never dreamed the next time we'd be reunited 14 months <laughs> later. Isn't that, isn't that just... It blows my mind. Well, and I know we've seen each other here and there at various events, but this is the first time we've been able to do the radio show in person. Because every time right. we've been via you, you from home, yep, via uh, phone, yep. via phone, and me down in the studio here. Well, I uh, I know I think that radio show was Monday of the week in which we shut everything down. So that is correct. The day that we announced the system wide move to virtual learning was Friday the thirteenth yes. of March two thousand twenty, and we had just done a show that Monday. And we were already realizing that this was going to be a big deal. But as you recall, I mean, I think we all thought the uh, the move to virtual was just going to be two or three weeks. Remember when yep. it started on that Saturday or Sunday, March yep. 14th or 15th, yep. it was until April 7th. Mm-hmm. I remember the date because I thought, okay, Monday of Holy Week will be open, we'll be fine. All of a sudden, April 30th got pushed back to April yep. 30th, May 30th, and then finally opened up around June 15th partially, and here we are a year later. But of course, by the grace of God, we were able to get all of our Catholic schools open for in-person instruction uh, in August, and we've uh, done a great job, I think, since then. I mean, uh, it hasn't always been easy, but really, as we wrap up this school year, it is amazing to think that we have been able to keep students and staff members safe for almost nine months of in-person instruction this year amidst a, you know, an unprecedented global pandemic. So hats off to you, your administration, the faculty, the principals, the teachers. Uh, they have been the unsung heroes in the Archdiocese from day one. They've done everything they can to keep schools open, safe learning, healthy learning has gone very well so but there's a change talk about change there's a big change in your life you'll be leaving the Archdiocese of Chicago uh, the end of June 
and then moving to the diocese, the Archdiocese of Miami, as the superintendent of schools? Correct. Yeah. Thanks, Father. So, yeah, it's a, a bittersweet transition. I, uh, I really have enjoyed my five and a half or so years uh, here in the Archdiocese of Chicago, but as was publicly announced now about a month ago, I've accepted the position of Secretary of Education and Superintendent of Schools for the Archdiocese of Miami, Florida. So my family and I will be moving southward, and uh, we've already got a beachfront property picked out. No, I'm just kidding. We haven't even started <laughs> shopping, but uh, looking forward to uh, the warmer winters down in southern Florida. Now, how big is the diocese school-wise in Miami? So uh, it serves about 35,000 kids, so it's a good-sized school system down there. And uh, the archdiocese itself encompasses three counties, uh, Dade, Broward, and Monroe County, which includes the Florida Keys. And there's actually a, a Catholic school on Key West. On Key so, West. On Key West. So I look so forward to So when you visit visiting. Key West, you can go for a couple of days. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, bring the family. <laughs> so, you know, I, it was funny. I was telling my, my wife and kids, uh, I actually somewhat enjoy the climate here in Chicago. I don't mind the winters too much, at least not until February or March. But I am... Uh, entirely alone in that opinion in my house. I think my wife and, and family are looking forward to a, a much warmer climate uh, down southward. So. Well, well, first of all, it's been a joy with you in the Archdiocese. You've done a fantastic, marvelous job. Always a willingness to be inconvenienced, hardworking, the stuff you've done behind the scenes. So uh, Miami's gain is Chicago's loss, and our prayers are with you. But you're not done because you'll be back for uh, our June program. Correct. The second Monday of June. So Correct. what else is happening in the Archdiocese well, school-wise? Uh, we are wrapping up the school year. So we are in end-of-school-year mode. We have graduations and award ceremonies and baccalaureate masses happening in many of our schools. And we're getting ready to vaccinate kids. So you've probably heard that we're expecting this week that the Pfizer vaccine will be approved for children as young as 12. And so that would basically encompass our junior high age children, as well as our, all of our high schoolers. So we are already working with uh, local health departments and pharmacies and clinics on a potential uh, rollout of vaccines for children as young as 12. Now, the children be vaccinated in school? Some, sometimes. So we're looking at taking a similar approach as we did with employees, where we're setting up various sites around the archdiocese, as well as just directing families to work with their pediatricians and local pharmacies and clinics. So we're going to uh, hope to try to get as many children vaccinated as possible. Obviously, we can't force people to receive the vaccine, but we're hoping that most of our families will proceed with having their, their children vaccinated. And that begins the rollout, hopefully, even this week. Yeah, we'll see. We're hoping that um, the Pfizer vaccine will receive final approval this week, and then the vaccinations would start sometimes in the, in the days to follow. Yep. That's amazing. What else is happening in the archdiocese? There's so much. We only have a couple minutes left in, in our segment. Sure. So um, I'll mention this one. Uh, so every year we give out a set of awards called the Heart of the School Awards, which are meant to recognize outstanding Catholic school teachers, principals, and staff members. And this year, because of the incredible work being done in all of our schools to sustain in-person instruction, we decided to give the Heart of the School Awards to every single one of our Catholic school employees because all of them deserve recognition for their heroic work That's a great idea, Jim. It's, yep. it's hard to pick one person out or two people out, so... Everybody, when does it actually happen? So we announced it last week. We have a video that we've sent out via social media, and I believe it's on our website, that uh, recognizes our employees and contains about, oh, 12 or 13 individuals, including uh, you, uh, just conveying Thank you for thanks. asking me to yeah. do it. So the Cardinal and Sister Jean from Loyola and a set of other folks from throughout the Archdiocese just conveying their gratitude 
to our hardworking Catholic school employees. So are, are people able to see that online now? I believe so. I know that it's on the uh, YouTube channel of the Catholic schools, and I sent it out via social media. I'm not sure if it's been formally posted to our website, but we can look into that. So when that does happen, how can people pick it up? Go to the school website. Yep. If, if you and, go to, and school, the title again would be? The Heart of the Schools Award for the 2020-2021 school year given to every single one of our Catholic school teachers, principals, and sports staff members for their heroic work this year. I think on that note, take us to break. Happy to do that. And so, it's great to say that with you <laughs> in studio. Dr. Jim Rigg, take us to break. Yes. So we will be right back. We've got a great show ahead. We're going to start by talking about the Golden Apple Awards for Excellence. So back in two minutes here on WNDZ Radio 750 AM. Don't go away. It's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312 312- Nine three seven three three seven five.
Well, welcome back to Catholic Schools Today on WNDZ 750 AM. I am Dr. Jim Riggs, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Chicago, here with my partner in crime in person, Father Greg Sackwitz. Uh, it was so, it was so great, Jim, just to point you and say, take the lead in back from the commercial versus on phone. We can't yes. do that. Yes, it's good to look you in the eye, I suppose. <laughs> so uh, let's jump into our first segment this morning. Um, so uh, this is the time of year where we recognize outstanding educators. And I've already talked about just the incredibly heroic work of all of our Catholic school employees this year. Uh, but the Archdiocese uh, partners with the Golden Apple Association, which recognizes uh, educators in public and private schools throughout the state of Illinois. And on Friday, one of our principals, a principal of a Catholic school, was recognized with the prestigious Stanley Golder uh, Leadership Award, Golden Apple Leadership Award. That uh, principal is Dr. Michael Adioti, who is the principal of Cristo Rey San Martin Prep in uh, Waukegan, Illinois. So uh, there was a big event up at uh, Cristo Rey on Friday for Dr. Adioti, and uh, it's a great principal and very deserving of this award. But at the same time, a number of our teachers were also selected as finalists for the Golden Apple Award for Excellence in Teaching. Uh, statewide, 32 preschool through third grade teachers were selected amongst public and private schools. Uh, and that's only 4.5% of the more than 700 nominations received throughout the state. And uh, one of our teachers was selected as a finalist, specifically Sandy Holbach, who is from uh, St. Edward's School in Chicago, selected as a finalist for that Golden Apple Award for Excellence in Teaching. She is the preschool teacher at St. Uh, Edward, and I believe we have Sandy on the phone today, along with Sarah Lassica, who is the principal of St. Edward's School. So Sandy and Sarah, do we have you on? Yes, yes I'm here. here. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. First well, of all, congratulations now, Sandy. That's an incredible uh, achievement to be a finalist, one of the 32 out of 700 nominations. So that merit alone, uh, congratulations to you, Sandy. Thank you. I'm completely, I was completely humbled and honored and very, very surprised. <laughs> so um, I, I know Catholic school educators tend to be humble. So let's actually start with Sarah. Sarah, tell us about Sandy and why she is an excellent teacher. Oh, Sandy is just an absolutely fantastic teacher. I think what really set Sandy apart um, from all the teachers that I've known throughout my career is that she really goes after um, looking at the whole child. So it's not just, you know, are they academically ready for kindergarten, but we look at, she looks at the social emotional learning of the students. She creates this really deep, strong partnership with the parents, knowing that they are the first teachers of their children and working with them to create a really wonderful um, start to their school education. So three-year-old, four-year-old preschool is, is obviously usually the first time our little ones come to a formal school setting. And Sandy just creates a really, really powerful connection with parents to help them be better parents and understand where their children at are at when they're walking into a four-year-old classroom and setting them up for success for the rest of their school career. And I think that's just, you know, that's just a little bit of what makes Sandy such a fantastic teacher and um, sets all of her students up to be really successful later on, too. That is wonderful. You know, uh, Sandy, you've just been given many, many accolades by your principal, Sarah. Now, teaching never happens in a vacuum. Give us your background that led up to the whole teaching as a career or vocation. Well, actually, my, my background starts 
ironically enough, here at St. Edward's School. Um, I am an alumni of St. Edward. I went to St. Edward's School myself. My family has been um, a part of the St. Edward community for almost 50 years. Did you start in, back in kindergarten? I, I started at St. Edward in first grade. First grade. Yeah. Unbelievable. I started at, at, in first grade. Um, and then, um, so as I grew, I went on to Catholic High School in Catholic College. Um, my undergrad I, is also in uh, social work. So I always had thought I wanted to be a school social worker. And once I got into the classroom, um, getting some experience, just being in a school setting, I realized the importance of being with our students every single day, not just seeing them in a counselor's office maybe once a week. So um, I went then, then instead of um, getting my master's in social work, I went on to get my master's in teaching. And of course, um, where better to start my teaching career than at St. Edward, where um, I had grown to love the community so much. And um, my husband and I were married at St. Edward. I've had three children um, who have all attended St. Edward and graduated from St. Edward, and now they've gone on um, to other Catholic high schools. My oldest um, children are actually already out of college. Um, but You, know, you sound yeah. about like... 29 years old. <laughs> you married when you were 11. Wow, that's, Thank that's you. amazing. Yes. A, a question also, uh, Sandy, along those lines is, was there a particular teacher during your grammar school days at St. Edwards that you'd look at him or her and say, I kind of want to be like you? I know you talked about social work, but was there a particular teacher that just really um, touched your heart and your life? There were so many teachers that I had at St. Edward, and, and of course, when I was at St. Ed, Edward, I was fortunate enough to have um, the Springfield Dominican sisters, who were such a huge influence and an impact here at St. Edward. And um, I'm my fifth grade teacher, Sister Jean Michael, um, I, I absolutely loved her, and she was absolutely phenomenal and so encouraging and so caring and loving. Um, and years later, I uh, ran into her um, at an event, a family event, and she looked at me and she said, oh, my goodness, Sandy. <laughs> and she, she recognized you and knew you by name? She recognized me by name. Mm. And it was those things that always, you know, those were the kinds of things that were impactful to me. You know, going back um, to my grammar school gym and teachers say, oh, my God, it's, it's him. <laughs> it's your grammar school back in the you know the mid 1800s uh, right. father greg sorry i haven't had a chance to pick on you in person for so long back father greg 19th century <laughs> well this is uh this is such an honor for you uh sandy i don't think uh many people realize how competitive the golden apple awards are and how rigorous the application and vetting processes. I mean, it, it takes several weeks, and they send people out to actually observe. It yes. really is a big deal. Sarah, uh, tell us a little bit about how this honor has been received by the students and the families, uh, your pastor, Father Dominic. Uh, how, how has everybody responded to this? Oh, everybody is absolutely thrilled, and we're so proud of Sandy. And it's just wonderful that we've been able to recognize her accomplishments uh, in this way. And I will tell you that when we were going through the, you know, everything was virtual this year. So even the Golden Apple interviews and her, their observation of Sandy was all virtual, which she just handled absolutely wonderfully, having a camera in her classroom and 
working around me filming her while they were um, watching, observing her um, teach. But the the students and the parents and her colleagues, you know, I was able to listen into those um, conversations that they were having with the Golden Apple team. And it was just absolutely, it was, it was, it was almost, you know, I got goosebumps the way they were describing the impact that she's had on their lives. And it was so, it was absolutely phenomenal. And I wish Sandy had been able to hear that part of it. Um, but I know, I know she feels all the love and support that we've been able to give her this spring. Well, uh, it's a it's a wonderful accomplishment, um, Sandy. Why don't we go back to you? Um, so you've talked a little bit about your background as a teacher and all of the great things that you're getting done there. You know, I was a teacher uh, at the junior uh, high and senior high level. Um, I was not a preschool teacher, a teacher's <laughs> aide. And then uh, I remember in my first years as a principal feeling a little bit of panic as I walked in there and faced a classroom full of uh, three- and four-year-olds. Why preschool? Why is early education your calling, and why is it so important? Early education is the foundation for everything that we are setting our children up to do, not only in their educational careers and journeys, but in life. Um, I... I often refer back to um, a poem that um, I used to use when I was in kindergarten. Um, Everything I needed to know in life, I learned in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, hold hands when you cross the street, um, share the cookie. So all of those things, I think, are the really important things that um, are our focus in early childhood. I am a very firm believer that the social emotional pieces and now more so than ever in the last year, mm-hmm. um, the, the social emotional pieces that, and the tools that we give our children and the things that we teach them, we are setting them up for success, lifelong success in not just, like I said, their schooling, but um, in life. So I really believe that the social emotional pieces are the pieces that are the focus of our early childhood program. And, you know, just a few weeks ago, I I had gone into Mrs. Lasika's office and I said, you know, I really, really think that we need a social emotional curriculum. Um, I think that given everything that's gone on in our world and that the children have had to deal with, I think it's important not only for our littlest learners, but I think it's important for all of our children moving forward that we give them the opportunities to, to do things. I mean, let's face it, our, our times have changed. Times have changed and things are different. And, you know, given that the behavior of our students has changed, the, the lives of our students have changed. And there's lots of reasons for those things. I mean, technology is one thing and exposure to things is another. Um, but I think what's important is that we start to recognize that. We change our perspectives a little bit and understand what our children are dealing with when they come into the classroom. So, uh, Sandy, let me, uh, if I could just interrupt you there for a minute. Uh, We need to go to a break, but I want to continue this conversation, and I particularly want to hear more about uh, what it's like to teach preschool-age kids amidst the pandemic. So picking up on what you're saying about social-emotional learning. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Catholic Schools Today. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. 
In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced A Call to Prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A Call to Prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. And welcome back to Catholic Schools Today at WNDZ 750 AM and also live streaming uh, via our YouTube site. Great to have you with us. Uh, before the break, we were talking with uh, two educators from St. Edward School in Chicago, Sandy Holbach, preschool teacher, and Sarah Lassica, the principal at St. Edward. Uh, why don't we start with you, Father? You've got a question. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, we are social distancing. We're yes. nine feet apart, therefore no masks. We've had our uh, two shots yes, indeed. so far. And the question I would have for you, Sandy, and that is pre-pandemic teaching three and four-year-olds, I think would be quite a handful because the energy level is incredible. I've, my biggest fear during this whole pandemic has been this social distancing. It's been so hard on children in grammar school, high school, college age, you know, that whole socialization. So how do you handle teaching three and four-year-olds <laughs> during the pandemic? Our children have been um, extremely resilient. And I agree. I think the most important aspect, especially in an early childhood classroom, is the socialization piece. You know, that's where they learn how to do everything um, from the problem solving to every single skill, learning to focus and pay attention and, and learning through play. Our children learn most effectively through play. And I think because of um, the, you know, the technology increase in technology that we have, and I, and I think technology is wonderful, um, but again, just as in all things, there's a time and a place for everything, and our children need to have that interaction. So it was um, extremely rewarding this year to 
find different ways. I'm not going to lie. I panicked a little bit in August thinking, oh, my goodness, how am I going to keep them away from each other? How am I going to do this? Stan, I have to ask you this. I hate to interrupt, and that is, but how do you have children of that age uh, socializing when they have to be apart? I mean, when I was back in three, four, five-year-old kid, even through grammar school, you're close, you know, you're pushing yep. your buddies. I don't mean hurting, but just, you know, that, that physical stuff of guys and girls too, I'm sure. But all of a sudden, stay six feet apart and the fear of getting sick. How, how do you handle that? We've, you know, we've had the masks all year long. Um, we've had the six feet apart and we've got the spacers in, in our desk. And each child this year, what we ended up doing was giving them an, an own, their own um, supplies and their own kind of play bin. But what I noticed they were doing is even from that six foot distance, they were starting to mimic each other. They were starting to cooperatively play, say, hey, I'm going to build a tower. You build a dragon. And so what they started to do is they started to adapt in the way that they could, um, understanding the you know parameters that we have this year, and they started to create their own um, forms of imaginary play, which was, it was so wonderful to see. Um, so I think that they, they really, you know, keeping the masks on and um, no, starting to read each other's body language and become more aware of just, you know, what, each, what they were doing in the classroom with each other. Um, and the other thing that I, that I incorporated into my classroom this year that has been extremely helpful is I brought in a little teaching buddy of my own, um, a puppet. Her name is Susie. And since we this year were not able to, you know, with the masks, the children couldn't see your mouth, um, my puppet Susie does all the talking, so her mouth moves. Um, so the children have actually started to get, perform that relationship and take cues from Susie, our, our classroom puppet, who um, gives them instruction and does lessons with them and talks about their weekends with them and has snack with them and really is incorporated into everything that they're doing <laughs> on a daily basis in the classroom. Uh, it sounds like uh, Susie should be a co-recipient of a finalist yeah. <laughs> uh, award for the Golden Apple. Uh, no, it's great to hear about all of your uh, tremendous work there in the preschool at St. Edward. Uh, let's broaden the conversation uh, with Sarah Lassica, the principal there. Uh, it's been my great fortune to visit uh, St. Edward's on multiple occasions, and I've just Tremendous been so school. impressed. Oh, so impressed by just the atmosphere and the quality of learning and faith formation. Really is a good school. Uh, Sarah, you know, we're hearing from Sandy about all of these uh, practices with kids during the pandemic. Tell us a little bit about how things have gone with the rest of the school, the K through 8. Uh, how have you all responded to uh, the pandemic and ensured safe in-person instruction this year? I, I will be honest, you know, going back to August, when I look back at um, reopening school in August and not knowing what to expect, um, there is a high level of anxiety, but our kids have done absolutely phenomenal. Wearing their masks every day, you know, not having to do tons of reminders, put that mask up. I mean, they've just been absolutely wonderful. And I will tell you, you know, towards the beginning of the year when we were starting to do some of our safety drills and we had... We had conditioned the kids so well to do, you know, hand sanitizer when you walk into your classroom, hand sanitizer when you walk out to the classroom. 
we're practicing our fire drills and they're doing hand sanitizer on the way out. And we're like, huh. no, 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 not on the fire drill. So they just really picked up all of the um, health and safety procedures so well and so quickly in the beginning of the year that we've really had, for the most part, a very smooth, very successful in learning school year this year. And I am so proud because it's not just the students, it's the staff, it's the teachers, it's the parents and the families that have all supported these um, health and safety protocols so well that it's made for a successful school year all around. The question I would have uh, for you, Sarah, and that is, when you open a school year on a typical year, which is no such thing as a typical year, there's a lot of stress and a lot to do, a lot of pulling things together. I know I'm talking to Dr. Jim Rigg. This year, starting last August, I'm assuming your summer last year was anything but a vacation because all the protocols, directives, and again, as I even the cathedral, when we were closed and to reopen, we are all in this together learning and recreating the wheel or creating the wheel because there's been no there's been no playbook. Yep. The playbook as you go along and so here it is now into May ending this academic year. And my hats off to you, your administration, your teachers, yep. everyone, because I don't I think sometimes people are unaware the amount of work needed when you create a new playbook, the meetings you had and the hours spent, say more about that. Yeah, I mean, I will say that there was very little summer to last summer because every day was, you know, working on how to incorporate the archdiocesan reopening guidelines here at St. Edward School, how to make everything as safe and, and comfortable as possible, communicating that out to families so that they felt comfortable coming back. You know, they wanted to come back in person, but to make sure that they felt comfortable navigating the the you know in-person learners with coming back um, you know some of our families were just not comfortable just not ready yet to come back in person and so creating um, creating an online platform for them to learn I mean, when I think back you know January of 2020 and we were talking about remote learning days um, if we had a snow day, I mean, those look so different than what our yes. what our e-learning ended up looking like this year, you know, to do long-term e-learning for some of our families. And so, yeah, I, again, you know, there was so much work that was put into it, but without the support of the teachers, the staff, Father Dominic, you know, our pastor, um, the families, there was no way this could have, this could have happened this year. And so it really took, uh, it took a community um, to make this a successful reopening and operation for the 2021 school year. Yeah, we have certainly learned so much throughout the pandemic, and uh, you know, it's it's very it's going to be very interesting to see how these types of practices, this you know, technology-based learning, for example, will change the way that we teach kids forever. You know, again, I think we've learned some things, and there there is a silver lining around the cloud of COVID. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left, uh, Sarah. Um, just uh, give us a little bit of a, uh, uh, an opportunity to uh, learn more about St. Edward's School through giving us a website or a phone number. I know this is the time of year when we still have families looking to enroll their children uh, at a Catholic school. So uh, tell us, um, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in St. Edward? Absolutely. Uh, we Our phone number is 773-736-9133. One more time, it's Sarah. 773 773- Seven three six nine one three three, and our website is saintedwardchicago.org. 
Um, families can visit the website, uh, schedule an in-person tour of the school um, outside of school hours, uh, or a virtual tour if they feel more comfortable that way, and um, or give the school a call for more information. Well, uh, we want to thank in a very special way uh, Sandy Holbach, the uh, finalist for the Golden Apple Award in Excellence in Teaching and also Preschool Teacher's Aid at St. Edward's School, along with Sarah Lassica, principal at St. Edward. Thank you so much for everything you are doing this year at St. Edward. Uh, we're going to continue discussing early education with some additional guests after our break, so don't go away. We'll be back in two minutes on WNDZ 750 AM and live streaming on YouTube. Be right back. Ministry 